The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. The Eagles are two-point favorites over the Kansas City Chiefs as of right now. Kansas City making its third appearance in the Super Bowl in four seasons. The Chiefs, uh, the Eagles rather, are back for the first time in five seasons. And the Empire State Building is back to neutral colors, which is a good thing. It was terrible. That was so insulting. God, the only thing I didn't like, well, I didn't like all the injuries and stuff, but I really didn't like that. But anyway, welcome to Fantasy Football Today. It's Monday. And it's our first of three episodes for this week. Uh, this week, we're going to do some lessons learned. Today, Jamie's going to give us a lesson learned, then Dave, then Heath. Um, uh, Dave on Wednesday, Heath on Thursday. And we'll give you off-season questions for the two eliminated teams. And I'm going to stop talking, and I'm going to get your early Super Bowl predictions. Heath, the Chiefs are underdogs. Uh, they're injured right now. How are you feeling about the Super Bowl? I, I'm just confused. Is the Empire State Building in New Jersey? It's it's like, you know, just stop. We're all um, like it. Stop. You sorry, see what the sorry. Giants tweeted? Uh, that they're going to take out the trash or something. No, oh, no that they said we're just here for the comments. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the sanitation workers said it was green and white for us because uh, we're going to take out the trash, including Philadelphia next season or something. But yeah, gosh. I think um, I think this game opened at Chiefs at minus two and a half and moved four and a half points in like the first 30 minutes, which is not as much as if it was moving from like a touchdown to under a field goal. But still, um, everybody's on the Eagles early, and I would probably just stick with the best quarterback in the world. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, so you're taking the Chiefs early prediction. Dave, how about you? The unbiased opinion of Heath Cummings. What's up, everybody? Uh, I I agree with Heath, but for slightly different reasons. Hertz hasn't looked the same since coming back from his injury. I think he was off target in the game against San Francisco. Not that he needed to be, but I'm I'm taking Kansas City. I'm already set. Give me the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I I, I agree. Which means it's the kiss of death. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I think we're. I don't take I don't uh, take the Eagles. Yeah, I'm taking the um, Eagles. 
Well, of course, it's the greatest team ever seen. Now we're good. Well, look, it's it's um, two weeks for Hertz. That's a big deal. You know, he could be a lot. Well, it's also two weeks for for Tony and and Juju to hopefully get healthy. Also, so you know, the receiving core is is. Don't forget about Mahomes. Yeah, he, he, did he look like? Him? No, <laughs> I'm not. There were a couple of times where I thought that he did, but no, not really. Oh, uh, it'll be Mahomes, even better if Mahomes looks like he did yesterday. The Eagles will cruise because they will smother him. They they will not be able like their defensive front and their pass rush is so much better than Cincinnati's. But Mahomes won't look like that. He'll look a lot better in two weeks. I wouldn't say it's so much better. It's better, it's, but I would it's say it's so much better. better. I mean, it's incredible. I don't think it's so much better. Seventy sacks. Um, Come on. Well, again, we're talking to the biased Eagles fan who thinks it's the greatest team ever. <laughs> um, I, I, I think, yeah, the, the, the experience will matter here. You know, they, they've been there. You know, like you said, three times in four years. Um, and and Hurts, I agree with Dave. I don't think Hurts looks looks right. They, they, they got by playing. I mean, you know, it's a big critique of the Eagles. Clearly, they got by playing a team that lost its quarterback. You know, who knows how that game goes if Purdy's healthy. It, like Nets, what a sentence! Dick, you don't take anything against for, away from the Eagles because of this, but I it has to be the easiest path to a Super Bowl ever. Yeah, so yeah, far, so one far, of them. Yeah, what's an easier one? I'd have to even like go back. Yeah, and it's, I mean, look I at it. Who knows? Head, yeah. But super yeah. easy, super easy. Uh, Jalen Hurts, first fourteen games of the season, eight point two yards per attempt, completion rate of sixty seven point three percent. Last three games, his his yards per attempt has been below 6.6 in each game. Completion rate 60% or less in two of the three games. We'll see how that shoulder heals up in the next two weeks. They need him to be a better passer in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But if they do beat the Chiefs, and then they would go, what, 17-1 and with Hurts? Would that be right? I don't know. See, they ended up... Ended up fourteen and three, right? So they'd be seventeen and right. one with Hertz. Yeah. Why wouldn't like they that. be? Why wouldn't they be an all-time great team? Because when you look five years back, nobody azer stats a team's records. No, but like they, they're going to be seventeen and three. Okay, but still, nobody's I mean, azers, nobody's azer stating that in the in saying, oh, they were. That's like, pretty who lazy. Else was then? Seventeen and one with their starting quarterback. That's pretty lazy. If you can't, if you can't acknowledge that they lost. That the two of the three games they lost were without their starting quarterback. I mean, they've Adam, been a dominant team all year, and they're just they're just freaking phenomenal. Are the 2007 New England Patriots one of the greatest teams of all yes, time? Yes, of course. Okay, all right. I was trying to see if you were. No, going to say of course they on. are. But yeah, I mean, I understand they didn't win the Super Bowl, but it, that, I mean, I'm not. I just think people are so simple. Like, oh, if they didn't win the Super Bowl. They're not great. Like, I mean, of course they lost that game. They were an amazing team. You know, but it's hard to look at a team and call them one of the greatest of all time if they don't win the Super Bowl. Well, I, 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 I mean, I don't know what I think it was the hundred was the hundredth year, right? The NFL, they they did the greatest teams of all time, and they were in top ten. You know, sure. So they, they're ahead okay, of a lot of okay. Super Bowl teams, and and they would have been number so, one, I'm sure, if they had won that. game. They easily would have been number one, for right? Sure. And then the funny thing, like, are they really a worse team because they didn't win that game? Or they just got beat that day. But I understand that's how it works. But I mean, one commentator that I saw. Uh, very famous commentator. I won't say his name. Rhymes with Rip Rayless. He said that um, oh, that he was gonna say if Burrow, if the Bengals had won yesterday, that he was gonna put Burrow ahead of Mahomes. You know, as a, as a quarterback. I was like, 
what are you thinking? Because he beats because the Bengals beat the Chiefs, you know, somewhat consistently. No, use your eyes. No way is Burrow better than Mahomes. Burrow's amazing. Mahomes is obviously the best. And that's how I feel about the Eagles. Like, yeah, okay, they lost the two games, but they're they're so damn good. They're not they're not the Eagles right now, because you're right about Hurts. But if he's back, if he's closer to 100% in two weeks, I mean, they're just a lot better, I think, than the, than the Chiefs. But we'll see. Uh, and that's no disrespect for the Chiefs. I just happen to think the world of the Eagles, who I hate. But I am the Eagles fan, apparently. Um, anyway, you know, let's just, you know, let's just use our, use our brains a little bit here, people. Like, I don't know, some people are so rigid with... Definitely, I don't know. I, I, I get off a tangent. Okay, okay. Oh I, my God! Look at you. Are you You're okay? Disheveled. I just I've heard some such stupid opinions lately, and I just I don't get it. I Consider don't know. the source of the opinion. <laughs> well, not just You're that also one. Saying the Eagles are an all-time team. I think like, I think they should be team. considered I, if they win this game. I think that you tell me why they aren't. That that would be my that like why aren't they? But just because it's hard. To anoint a team that way, and they were in view that but way. But you're going looking at their the record. Season. You really think as a team yes. they're that dominant? Yes, I do. I do. I, I really said they don't in have the context a of the opponents that they've beaten too. Who? Yeah. I mean, look, you can keep taking away from them. They just crushed the Niners. Is it a, a huge accomplishment to beat the Giants three times or twice? Really? No, but it, they did it. Giants made the playoffs. They weren't bad. They beat the Cowboys when they had Hurts. Of course, Dak didn't play. It wasn't. They beat the Vikings. Beat the crap out of the Vikings. <laughs> just think of all you said, though. I understand, Dak didn't but play. that's not their fault. Like, what are they supposed to do? Lose? It's no, not their fault. It's not the, it's, 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 listen, listen. It's no one's taking away from what the Eagles have accomplished, but you're putting them in the echelon of some of the best teams of all time, according to you. Yes. I don't think they belong because I, their record is good. But, but the, that's the thing. It's like. I, I don't know, but but nobody's even considering them. Well, you you just wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You just criticized Rip Rayless for for anointing Burrow the, over Mahomes because of a record. You be, literally just did that. Yes, I know. You, but, and then but you but just said, like look, 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 look your eyeballs one on one. The Eagles, the Eagles. Looking at them, they're a good team. No, they're a they great may be the team. best team. No, they're not a great team. Yes. They may be the best team this season. They've had, as Heath said. The easiest path to the Super Bowl. But look at that how we may have good seen they it. are. I mean, just look at their their roster. But but thirty one seven against look at their against Josh Johnson. You know have, what? Do they have a great quarterback? <laughs> like do they that's, have a great that's quarterback? That's not a thirty one seven victory. They have they have a quarterback who who I think should win the MVP. He's probably not going to win it, but he's going to be a finalist. Do they okay, have the best offensive line in football? Probably. Agreed. Do they yes. have one of the best defensive lines in football? Yes. This I mean, year, they had yes. Seventy yes, seven. Yes, you're yes, you're yes. talking about in context of what their season is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Comparison to these other great teams, they're not. They're, I wouldn't say they're a top ten team of I, I, all time. I think they have to win this game not of all time. I think not they have yet. To, no, but he is. Yeah, nobody's going to give them that. No, I understand nobody's going to think of them that. But way. you are though. I do think of them in that context. Like I can't sit here and rank all the teams, right? I don't know. I'm just saying that they are a phenomenal team. They are loaded everywhere. They're great up front. Their secondary is ridiculous. Their quarterback has been MVP caliber good. Their two wide receivers, their tight end are are all phenomenal, right? It's a great it's a great team. They're, it's they're, not one of the best of all time. Yeah, I mean no I, I understand nobody's going to think of it that way. I'm saying if they win the Super Bowl, they deserve to be thought of that way. They're a one-loss team with Jalen Hurts. So, I mean you know, I, I just I, I'm blown away by how good they are, and I think it's the fact that like the Patriots, we knew like the Patriots are great. You know, n- nobody thought the Eagles were going to be this good. If they had come into this season as front runners and done this, then we probably would be talking about about them that way. I think anyway, it's a it's hold a on lot of perception. I, one of us did predict the Eagles to make the Super Bowl before the regular season started, 
And the other point that I was going to say is I think it might take some time for the Eagles, for this team to be determined as one of the best teams of all time. When Tom Brady was playing with Randy Moss and that defense was loaded in 2007, I think people could look at it and say, okay, that's a great team. They've got great talent. You look at the team now, Jalen Hurts isn't in that same type of caliber of quarterback, but he might be in three years. A.J. Brown isn't anywhere close to being Randy Moss, but he might be eventually. Same thing with Devontae Smith. I agree. This is the best team in football this year. It's the best Eagles team of all time. Yeah. Not that I'm like some sort of Eagles expert and I know their history, but I thought about the Nick Foles Super Bowl team and all their teams with McNabb. This team's better than all those teams. This, I think this is the best Eagles team of all time. I, I, but I don't know if I'm ready to say that it's one of the best NFL teams that have ever played in the history of the league. It just seems like a big, big step. It is. Go ahead, Heath. I'm just not sure who the best team in football is this year yet. Like We're going to play a game to find that out in two weeks, right? Yeah. They have to win that game, yeah. And then they deserve to be... I, I would just like people to consider it if they win that game, their place in history. Um I will but, definitely consider them the best team this year if they win that game. Well, look, you said that uh, that Hurts wasn't you know wasn't Brady or whatever, but but Hurts had a phenomenal season. You know, like not Brady in two thousand seven, good, but but phenomenal. Anyway, said my he's piece. awesome. All right, let's uh, let's talk about um, Sportsline. This is a great time to get on Sportsline, right? You want some Super Bowl picks? They're gonna have plenty of it, player props and things like that. So great gambling advice. You know, NBA, NHL, and college basketball, all these things. We have all these experts uh, to help you out, and you can get your first month for 99 cents if you go to sportsline.com and use the promo code TACKLE. Use the promo code TACKLE. Your first month is 99 cents. How about some news and notes? A lot of coaching news here. The Panthers hired Frank Reich as their head coach, and the Cowboys fired offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Heath, why don't Parted we... ways. Didn't fire. Yeah, whatever. Uh, they um, <laughs> Heath, let's talk about Frank Reich as the head coach in four seasons as the head coach of the uh, of the Colts, his teams finished fifth, sixteenth, ninth, and ninth in scoring, with a different quarterback every year: Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Philip Rivers, and Carson Wentz. That's a pretty good resume. What do you think it means for uh, Carolina? I guess a great hire for Carolina. I don't really think Frank Reich should have been fired from Indianapolis. I think he brings competence to an organization that's been missing that. It's still going to depend on who the quarterback is as to whether they can be good or not. But he this this gives them a chance to be good if they can get the quarterback position right. Uh, okay. Anybody think? Um, anybody have any hot takes here? Or let's just see how this offseason plays out for the Panthers. You got to see what they do at quarterback. It obviously is a huge part of that team. But that's a squad that's starting to. I don't know if it's starting to round into form necessarily, but they've got some good pieces. We talked about their offensive line in the second half of the year. That was a reason why there were some huge games for everybody at running back and wide receiver for them. Their defense has some good pieces. They took on some serious injuries late in the year. But Frank Reich is a, is a good, calming coach who knows his offense. Uh, I agree with Heath. He definitely shouldn't have been let go during the season in Indianapolis and maybe even got a raw deal there overall with, with the owner meddling. We'll see what this owner does with him this year, but I, I think there's some hope that can be found in DJ Moore and, and other players that end up being factors are. I wonder what it means for Tommy Tremble, who's one of my kind of low-key favorite dynasty buys at tight end. Uh, and by the way, when I said in four seasons as head coach, his team's finished 5th, 16th, ninth, and ninth in scoring, I was not referring mm-hmm. to the 2022 season. That would be the first four seasons before he got fired. All right, Kellen Moore, Jamie, uh, 
that's a guy who's got a great resume as the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Four seasons as their coordinator. They finished top six in scoring three of the four times. The one time they didn't, Dak Prescott played only five games. They ran a ton of plays. They were sixth, second, second, and eighth in plays. So, I mean, that's a terrific resume. Um, you know, and already a report that he that the Chargers might consider him. Wherever Kellen Moore goes, is that going to be a big deal for you in fantasy? I would love it for Justin Herbert, absolutely. You know, I, I think you you see a guy that uh, can can unlock a passing game, especially somebody that's got the the ability to play like Herbert did uh, does uh, and and has continued to, to show. And speaking of which, you know, him playing through a torn labrum in his left shoulder, uh, God, just the numbers that he was able to put up despite that. Uh, yeah, so that'd be a, a, a dream situation if he can go there. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about Dak. You know, that's just a, a loss that you don't want to see, especially for an offense that has popped the last couple of seasons. So it, it's weird, you know, for a guy that's been getting head coach consideration to leave his job. So, you know, let, that's why I kind of wanted to clarify it. I don't I don't know if it was a firing or it was him saying, you know, I, I'm just I'm, I've maxed out here. I'm not going to get the job. I want to go someplace else and see what my, my other options are. So. Uh, who knows what what the Cowboys have in plan to replace uh, Kellen Moore? But um, bad news for the Cowboys and good news for whoever hires him. Yeah, I, I and I think like you've mentioned this, Adam, how much more pass heavy they were before this year. And I I just I, I view that as a Mike McCarthy thing. I mean, it's a Jerry Jones thing. Ultimately, they came out and talked about it about how he had to rein in the, the pass attempts. I just hope he gets to go somewhere, Kellen Moore, where he's allowed to call the offense because I, yeah. I think they'll be good. Yeah, it could be. Um, all right, let's uh, see some other head coaching news. The Rams hired former Jets offensive co- coordinator Matt LaFleur as their offensive coordinator. Uh, San Francisco defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans is considered the favorite to become the Houston head coach. That could happen within the coming days. Miami with hopefully a home run hire, Vic Fangio, as their defensive coordinator. He has run some terrific defense. Uh, we could get an Aaron Rodgers trade. I don't know when, but... Aaron Rodgers, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, momentum, maybe, at least in the reports for an Aaron Rodgers trade. Maybe that was the green in the Empire State Building. Maybe. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the Dolphins are not expected to pursue Tom Brady, according to Adam Schefter. A couple of surgery notes. Jonathan Taylor had ankle surgery. Justin Herbert had shoulder surgery. Do either of those matter for you guys? Uh, Jonathan Taylor, ankle surgery. Herbert, shoulder surgery. As long as they're ready to go for training camp. I don't think there's anything to be sweating. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, according to the Tampa Bay Times, has not ruled out returning next season. Fill in the blank. If Rob Gronkowski goes to the blank, he will be tight end blank in my preseason rankings. If he goes to the Raiders and buys a house with Tom Brady there, according to reports, uh, and Waller is traded, he'll be top 15. (laughs) Okay, that's it. Uh, all right, Dave. If I think there's only two places Gronk would come back and play. Well, you got to fill in Buffalo. the blank. You got to fill in the blank. Play Buffalo and wherever Brady is. So Jamie did the Brady element. If Rob Gronkowski goes to Buffalo, he will be my tight end ten. Eve? If Rob Gronkowski goes to Tom Brady, he will be my tight end eleven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And, of course, a lot of injuries for the Chiefs. Kadarius Toney, Juju Smith-Schuster, Nicole Hardman, uh, all injured yesterday. Willie Gay, their linebacker, cornerback, Legereus Sneed. They all left with injuries, and they're going to need those guys against probably the 
11th best team in NFL history. I won't call them top 10 just yet, but I'll say 11th. Thank you to Thomas Schaefer for letting me know that the Philadelphia Eagles have rushed for more rushing touchdowns than any team in NFL history. That this year's Eagles single season record. Okay. And they had four of them against uh against the 49ers and it was kind of and a one bet. additional game too. Uh well, actually I think it includes the playoff games. So um anyway, it was kind of a bad fantasy weekend. Uh, the DFS lineups, I was shocked that I cashed in a 50-50 with a Bengals stack. But, you know, a lot of low-scoring quarterbacks. Mahomes the only one who really stood out. Let's take a break. When we come back, questions for the two eliminated teams and a lesson learned from Jamie Eisenberg right after this on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The 49ers and the Bengals are out. Let's do a 49ers question. And, Jamie, I'll give you the first word. Will the 49ers have a reliable pass catcher next year other than Christian McCaffrey? Well, who's the quarterback? That's the biggest question because Purdy hurting his elbow, uh, we're going to find out what the status is. If it's a ruptured UCL, then he may not be ready to start the season if he plays at all next year. So that's Tommy John surgery. So hopefully it's just a, a sprain and it's a six-week injury, according to reports, and then he's able to compete for the job, and we'll see what happens there. My hope would be he's done enough to earn it, and that's you know no disrespect to Trey Lance, but you know taking the 49ers to the NFC Championship game after what he you know was was his expectations were you know taking over for Garoppolo in Week 13, I think he should be given the the at least the the lead in the job. But uh, yes, I think they have. Two reliable, two two guys you should draft as starters. You'll draft George Kittle as a starting tight end, and you'll draft Debo Samuel as a starting receiver. And, and I just I, I'm doing the the stock watch that I do every week, um, following the the games, and I'm leading with the 49ers. And so just looking at their season numbers, you know Samuel had a, a down season by comparison, but still averaged over 15 PPR points per game. Kittle, fourth season in a row of over 14 PPR points per game. Um, Ayuk was over 13 PPR points per game. You know, so you look at what they were able to accomplish, and again, there's different ways to break it down. Ayuk with or without the guys, you know, what Kittle accomplished, scoring touchdowns with Purdy, all those things. Um, there's still a lot to like about what these guys are able to do, and so you know, the, they'll they'll lead the team in targets. They should hopefully have success with the other quarterback. So, I think Kittle's a number one tight end. I think Samuel's number two receiver, and Ayuk is number three receiver. So yes, they do have reliable pass catchers. All right, because you know the the theory is. And especially, I think you have to really look at it after the McCaffrey trade. Um, there are too many mouths to feed for an offense that just never is pass happy. Uh, Brock Purdy threw fewer than 30 passes in, I think, five of his eight games, not including yesterday's game, uh, but including the game that he 
replaced Garoppolo. And that was actually one of the games he threw more than 30 passes. But if you just want the numbers, let me just give you the targets. Uh, there were only six games, uh, six regular season games that McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle all played together not and didn't leave with an injury. And uh, Ayuk had 44 targets in those six games. Debo had 42. McCaffrey had 34. Kittle had 30. Um, it's, you know, it's just not... It doesn't seem reliable it, uh, if that's the split, you know, or something close to that. It's way too even amongst four players on an offense that's going to probably be around thirty to thirty-two pass attempts per game, something like that. So, but that's I the mean, concern. really, three of those guys though. The one that that's the most concerning is Ayuk because he's the one that's not going to do different things for the position that he plays. I mean, McCaffrey, yes, clearly you want his targets to be up. But he's also going to get 15 to 18 carries again. No, so, you McCaffrey's, know, you know, look, McCaffrey, you can deal no, with. No, but, that, but that, what, what I'm getting at, though, is like I know when you're looking at it, their individual target numbers. Yeah. I mean, Kittle is not going to be on the high end of targets for tight ends. He never really was. You know, it's it's what he does with the ball in his hands. And now the hope is that his touchdowns, granted, 11 are not probably something you want to expect to be replicated. But if he can be eight, and and clearly that might be something that Purdy unlocked with him. You know, scoring seven of those in in the final four starts in the regular season, then I, I I think you can kind of look at those two guys again, the positions that they play. Samuel, the hope is that he just gets back to getting some semblance of carries. He you know, did. You're not he gonna did. you're not gonna live with him in this target number as a receiver alone. And so you know how much of it was how everything changed for them on the fly. McCaffrey being added, Garoppolo going down, Lance not being the starter all season long. And there's so many changes that happen in San Francisco. I mean, it's why Kyle Shanahan should be maybe. Certainly one of the top two or three coach of the year candidates for sure, uh, and maybe coach of the year. Everything he's had to adjust, you know, to to what this team had to go through at different portions of the season. So, uh, if you are concerned about somebody from a target perspective, for me, the only one is really Ayuk. All right, Dave, what's your take on this? Because I, you know, I think people might just be concerned. Hey, it's going to be a different guy every week. It's going to be unreliable. Like that—that's the word I use was reliable. I, I can understand at the end of the season. You know, Debo might rank here and Kittle might rank here, whatever. But it's could it be a will it be a bumpy ride? Is it something that you want to avoid the Niners pass catchers? What do you think? I think the only reliable 49er that fantasy managers will gravitate toward is McCaffrey. And then once he's off the board in early round one, you're not going to see Debo go until maybe the end of round three, maybe round four. Kittle probably a couple rounds after that. Ayuk in that same range if he's still. On the 49ers, remember, he's a free agent after next season, and what's the trend we've seen in this league? If a team doesn't want to pay a wide receiver, they trade him the year before they hit free agency. Uh, it just happened twice. I think it's possible that could happen again with Ayuk because he's a good contributor for them, but they might be able to either look at Danny Gray or find another wide receiver and plug him in. We'll see what they do. They don't have to make a move Well, I mean, they him. just kind of told us, though, because that was Debo's situation, and they paid him. They paid Debo? Yeah. Now that they got to pay Ayuk on top of it, maybe it depends on just what. Well, I mean, if you're just going by track record, that's what they did, right? But I think they value Debo a little bit more, and he had more touches, obviously, per game than Brandon Ayuk did when they were all playing together. But you guys covered it. A lot of mouths to feed. You're not going to feel totally comfortable with any Niner other than McCaffrey, obviously, and then Kittle just because of the position he plays. But you're not going to draft Kittle, or you're not going to feel good starting Kittle if it's Trey Lance at quarterback. You want Purdy. We'll see what happens. Total, total fascinating situation with the Niners this offseason. Uh, Heath, we did the half PPR mock draft not too long ago, and 12 teams, and Debo Samuel went 
39th, so three picks into round four. Kittle went, oh, wow, he went 83rd. Ayuk uh, went. And around seven. Ayuk uh, went ahead of that, I think. Ayuk uh, went seven. He did. First. And a, second to last pick around six, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that would be Debo early round four, Ayuk end of round six, Kittle end of round seven. Yeah, I think the wide receivers seem about right to me. Um, maybe a little later on Ayuk, but I would go earlier than that on Kittle is what I would say. Probably a round five pick for me on Kittle. Maybe four, five, six, you get a 49er in each round. <laughs> uh, what do you think about Debo's year? It was so strange. He finished on a per-game basis as wide receiver 21 in non-PPR, wide receiver 27 in full PPR. He left the game somewhat early, played about 45% of the snaps um, in one game. But his efficiency was just awful. There were 85 wide receivers with 50 or more targets, and he was last in ADOT, right? So he had the lowest ADOT among Mm -hmm. 85 wide receivers with 50 or more targets. And somehow, he was only 63rd in catch rate. When your ADOT is 4.3 yards and your catch rate is 60%, that is befuddling. For example, Greg Dorch had the second to lowest ADOT, just ahead of Debo, and he had the second highest catch rate. He caught 81.3% of his passes. Debo caught 60%. So really, really strange uh, efficiency down across the board for Debo. Yeah, that, the A dot isn't really surprising. It was 4.3 this year. In 2020, it was 2.2. So we've seen that type of role from him before. We just saw more yak um, on a per-catch basis than we did in the past. So I, I think it could be a little bit of teams figuring out how he was being used. Like he was, there's a lot of talk about our teams going to start using this guy or that guy in a Debo Samuel-like role. And so I, I think it's possible those types of plays were just less effective. It's also true that he played a, a good portion of this season with what I still think are probably below average NFL passers. His yak per catch was still really good. It was lower, but what do you think? But the catch rate, Heath. I know you t- you look at that. That's a stat. Obviously, you look at. Like, I don't even know how to explain that. Such a horrible catch rate for the lowest A dot in football, basically. Of, well, of wide receivers. he played a majority of the year with what I think are probably below average like passers. Sixty. Per- I don't know, but he's always his whole career has been that, right? Well, he was sixty four percent in twenty twenty one. He's had a higher, yeah, A-dot. much higher A dot. But no, I think there's a I th- I still think there's a pretty big difference in terms of accuracy, in terms of just dropping back and hitting guys um, on the move in the short area where Debo is targeted between Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, and Brock Purdy. Now those guys may be better at things downfield or may have some other intangibles, but I still think Jimmy Garoppolo is a considerably better passer than the other two. All right, final question: uh, Do you guys in general want to draft? Ayuk, Samuel, or Kittle, and or Kittle. Round four for Samuel, yes. Round five for Kittle, yes. Round six for Ayuk, yes. Not really either receiver. If Purdy's the quarterback, I'd be down for Kittle. Heath? Yeah, I'm, I'm mostly fine with... I think I'm probably, at, at those costs, most excited about Kittle. Okay. Last question here for an eliminated team. It's about the Bengals. It's about Joe Mixon. Boy, did he end his season with a thud, a dud, terrible game for Mixon, which is he's had a lot of them. The question is just, how do you feel about Joe Mixon, Dave Richard? Well, before Dave answers, how do you feel about Joe Mixon? Because you had him ranked as a top five guy. Yeah, horrible about that. (laughs) Uh, I like him in round two. There's no way he can be RB5 for me, but 
if the workload is the same, he'll probably have a really good year. But uh, my gosh, I, I just I can't believe how bad he was this year. I think people are going to land on round two on Mixon. That's where I have him in my rankings right now. And I, I don't see the rule changing. I don't think the Bengals move on from him. They could. I checked out his cap number, and it's it's doable if they wanted to move on from him. But I don't I don't see that happening unless they go and they they draft somebody first, and then they move on from Mixon. Part of it is the offensive line never really got going to the expectations no. that we had. There was a very very short window where their offensive line did start to gel, and then they took on injuries toward the end of the regular season, and that was the end of that. They were using P. Ryan as recently as the conference championship game in high-leverage situations over Mixon. So that trend could continue. Do I like him better than than the studs from this year and and the young running backs that we like? Of course not. He's not going to be ahead of Josh Jacobs, Brees Hall. Of course not. Derrick Henry, those guys. It's that next group of running backs, Najee and Nick Chubb and Travis Etienne. Is he ahead of those guys? I think you could consider it just because of the role that he has. But the second that there's a hint that that role might change, he's going to bottom out. He'll go into the dead zone. Samaj P. Ryan played 43 snaps yesterday. Joe Mixon played 23. P. Ryan is a free agent. Joe Mixon, yeah. Dave mentioned it. I believe $7 million is what they would save if they cut him. $5 million in dead money. He's got a $12 million cap number. Mm-hmm. So, I, it like, sounds like he'll get restructured. He could get restructured. They could let P. Ryan go, and they could draft a running back. And if the running back that they draft is more of a two-down player, maybe they put Mixon into the P. Ryan role. Or if they draft a running back that they feel he'd be terrible catch the P. ball, he'd be better than a rookie in the P. Ryan role. Nah, not necessarily. I, it depends on the rookie, but right. most rookies can't immediately adapt to a passing downs role. I, we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. He's he's intriguing. Maybe somebody that even in round two is just not worth the the cost even at this point. Well, but then you look at the last two seasons on a per-game basis in full PPR, he's been RB4 and RB6. So, And he's done that averaging 4.1 yards per carry in 2021 and 3.9 yards per carry in 2022. Uh, so there's that, Jamie. I mean, just like, you, I don't know, the, the broad picture is that while it's not so pretty, he's been a very productive running back the last two years as the Bengals' offense has really taken off, and that's, that's what you're buying into. Yeah, no, I I think you look at uh, the 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 offseason is going to be telling. You know, do they spend significant capital, draft a free agency at that spot? You know, and and could be as simple as just bringing back P. Ryan. You know, and that that's clearly something that I'm sure that they would be happy doing, given what he's been a as a backup and b as a compliment. You know, because they they trusted him in the Super Bowl. You know, they trusted him in the AFC Championship game. You know, back to back seasons of of being a, a significant contributor to this team, and so. You know, they, they clearly have a, a, a defined role for him. That's not necessarily what Mixon does. But when Mixon's on his game, I mean, you go back just two weeks ago, he was he was impressive, you know, over 100 yards rushing in, in the divisional round. So there's still a lot to like about what he could what he could still be, but he's getting older. He's clearly losing, you know, some, some semblance of production, whether it's his fantasy production, his yards per carry, you know, however you want to break down whatever metric you're looking at here. And as Dave said, the offensive line did not step forward in that regard like I think they hoped, but also they dealt with some injuries, you know, whether it was Al Collins on the right tackle spot or, you know, at the end of the season, you know, with Karras getting banged up and then Jonah Williams getting banged up, you know. So we'll see what what they look like in the offseason and going into next year. But I uh, would not be surprising knowing that they're going to have to extend in some way, shape, or form T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow 
that saving money at the running back spot makes a lot of sense. So I, I would anticipate a restructure for for Mixon, not necessarily releasing him, but wouldn't surprise me either way. I think we'd have to agree, though, that you can't use injuries as an excuse for the offensive line because for most of the regular season, they were healthy. Fair. The injuries yeah, were late. Outside of Collins, yeah. Yeah, but no, but Collins got hurt pretty late, right? I mean, but he was playing hurt a lot of the time, though. He, he, was, he was definitely not the Lyle Collins that they expected to sign. Uh, I, I do think also, though, you know, we're going we're gonna to say offensive line. His best season came the year before when the offensive line was reportedly in shambles. His best, his, his best fantasy season? Yeah, he scored a yeah, ton I mean, of touchdowns. touchdowns. He was great. Yes, and that's the thing, right? He only scored seven rushing touchdowns this year. Uh, he had a ton of, he had the six most carries inside the five-yard line. So if you want to be pro-Mixon, pro-Joe, you think the touchdowns are coming up. He's still involved in the passing game, but like, look at, look at this. He's not even a third down back. He ran 18 routes all year on third down. So, it's, but it's but, so interesting because it, like that's true, but he caught sixty passes. Yeah, because <laughs> look at the look at the difference in Joe Burrow from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two. In Joe in twenty twenty one, Joe Burrow was uh man he was twenty God sorry he was eighteenth in the NFL in passes thrown to running backs on first and second down. This year he was third. His game. Burrow's game changed, right? They took away, the defenses were taking away the deep ball, so he started throwing to his running backs a lot more. In fact, he was third overall this year in throwing the ball to running backs. So my point is, if they go back to throwing the ball to the wide receivers more and less to the running backs, then that's going to be really bad for Mixon because he doesn't play on third down. Now, maybe he'd get more carries in that scenario because the carries were down this year, but like if he had a third down role, I think you could bank on a lot of catches. It scares me that Mixon doesn't have the third down role and was so heavily targeted on first and second down. If those targets go somewhere else, if Burrow starts throwing the ball downfield more and checks down less, that's very problematic for Mixon. Or if there's another running back that takes that first and second down work away from Mixon without necessarily being a de facto third down back. They could always find somebody who they can mix and match with Mixon he was fourth in targets per game Mixon, among running backs. Mixing match, yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you did. Yeah, good. <laughs> it, was, it was unintentional. All right, so right now, Etienne or Mixon? Etienne. Uh, Etienne. I think I want to. I, I think I want to lean toward the younger back. Uh, Nick Chubb or Mixon? Mm, Chubb and non Mixon in full. Uh, I'm going to go back to Chubb. Probably Chubb, assuming Cream Hunt's gone. Chubb was 44th in targets per game. How about, uh, how about Najee Harris? I think you said Najee Harris earlier. Najee or Mixon? Uh, if, mm. I, if I'm going to make the youth argument for ETN, I better make it for Najee, too. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be Najee for me now. Why? Najee, like, <laughs> it's Najee's a, not, not even that young. Najee did not have a good year. Let's see. I mean, I, I feel he like the season much better than Mixon did. He did. He what? Najee's 25. He Mixon's closed 27. the season better than Mixon did. Uh, not not the in full PPR, better. really. I mean, look, Mixon's last two games, he scored 17.8 points. Najee, yeah, he scored some touchdowns down the stretch. Um, I'd rather, I mean, I mean, look, Najee's not doing anything. I'd rather just take the guy on a much better offense. I'm probably just going to draft a wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> I'd do that in round one. Um, I'm doing that in round one. So we're not putting the periscope up for Mixon until at the earliest, the middle of round two. Everybody feel that way? End around two for me. End around two for Jamie Heath. Yeah, middle. Middle to end. Okay. 
So that's where he's going to be. He's going to be one of those guys that we talk about that'll go somewhere between like 18th and 30th overall. And that's if nothing changes in Cincy. And he's still, if you want to like use PFF as much as you want, in his six seasons in the NFL, they have never had a team that graded higher than 20th in run blocking. Uh, they've never had a, a good run blocking team, according to PFF. Like Dave said, we thought that would change this year. It did not. Mm-hmm. All right, Jamie, you've learned a lot of lessons about life the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so has Fleischman from Fleischman is in Trouble, which is a terrific show, by the way. The Jesse Eisenberg. You started uh, watching? Well, my, Allie, sir, my wife started watching it. I kind of came in mid mid uh, season. And I love it. It's so good. Terrific show. So watch Jesse Eisenberg and Fleischman is in trouble. Um, but that's the lesson I learned. What fantasy football lesson did you learn, Jamie? And then we'll have Dave and Heath talk about it. Um, I had a few different routes to go with this, but I'll go with the lesson learned of, since I'm just writing about the 49ers, of don't always fall for the shiny new toy. And I was obviously very excited about Trey Lance last season and the expectations of what he could do. And I'm still going to take the same approach when looking at quarterbacks because it's still a very deep position of swinging for the fences and going for the guy who has the most upside. And I still think that Lance, if he does get the opportunity to start and he does get the chance in this team to play his game, he has plenty of upside. But I think I was a little too gaga over Trey Lance and you know overlooking not the, sa- the, the safety factor of because I liked him better than Rodgers, I liked him better than Brady. Obviously, both those guys were better because they were healthy, but uh, clearly they were disappointments. But even taking him over, let's say, Kirk Cousins, who, who I, I liked a lot last year but did not have ranked ahead of Trey Lance. And so it's not necessarily not falling for the guy who has the most upside, but maybe not falling for it as hard as I did, you know, and letting it letting it play out a little bit and getting a little bit more of a sample size before uh, saying he should be anointed as the next great breakout fantasy quarterback. So that was one lesson that I learned. So I'm going to take a little bit of a – maybe a little bit this much more of a cautious approach uh, at that position for example, or maybe most positions uh, when sure. it comes to some of the rookies. But um, certainly let, let letting a guy get a chance, especially with – he's a rare example, you know, not having a big college background, but, you know, somebody who has a little bit more of a track record before, you know, running him up the flagpole per se. Is there a player who you drafted earlier than Trey Lance who you might be able to apply that lesson to? Like I'm thinking about Gabe Davis in my head and how excited I was for Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis was costing me around four or around five pick last fall. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance was around 10 pick. And I was excited sure. to take him in round 10. I'll never tell anybody to not take shots on high upside players in round 10. It's the round three, four, five players that can really hurt you when you see that upside and then they don't come through. Kyle so Pitts. is there a player that maybe you had that you just crazy upside? You're shooting, you know, all the all the cliches, but really it just comes down to guys that have immense potential who y- you might have missed, who you might have missed on this year. For me, it was Gabe Davis. Who'd you say he? Kyle Pitts. That's a good one. That's one for everybody. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of young young players drafted in three, four, five that, that didn't pan out. Um, it was actually, like, the worst. That, I mean... That's supposed to be the gold mine for wide receivers, and it was horrible this year, I think. But um, yeah, no, it's interesting because, like, because you could say basically everything you said about Trey Lance, you could just couldn't you cut just apply it to Justin Fields? I mean, he was more experienced than Lance, obviously. Is that the he difference? Was much cheaper. He was, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I, and least, I but, but but Fields at least we he's got NFL experience. Yeah, right. You know, much more than Lance did, and clearly a much better college pedigree. Well, I think you could maybe even like another part of that lesson that we saw with a variety of players, including older, is maybe be a little bit more uh, leery of the extended absences. Like Lance has played very little football of any level for the past couple of years due to a variety sure. of reasons. Michael Thomas had been gone for a long time. Deshaun Watson had been gone for a long time. Um, yeah, and it, there was a lot of either rust or re-injuries. Well, you know, you know uh, who I, that's going to apply to, right? Calvin Ridley. That's, yeah, Calvin Ridley. I'll give you another one though, just to, to answer Dave's question. Uh, he obviously played a lot more, but and, and I think the the fantasy community was guilty of this. I know I was. Javante Williams. You know, mm. so like it was okay. Now he's getting this this big opportunity. We were crazy about that offense, and and, and you know we, we started to pull back a little bit. I think clearly once Melvin Gordon resigned there, but it was still okay. The offense is going to be great. Russell Wilson's going to you know uh, unlock this team, and and he was another. I'm just you know thinking of to no, answer, that, to your, that your, name kind of crossed my mind. Your specific question, you sure. Know, just a, a guy who hadn't done it as a starter, you know, so kind of tying in the same 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 theme, you know, and then. Anointing him the next break. Right, thing. sure. But at least with Javante, like you saw flash sure, play sure, great totally. before he got hurt. Different, Trey different. Lance didn't quite yeah. show the same flash. But 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 he's similar to Gabe Davis. You know, Javante similar to Gabe Davis. You saw flashes and you saw upside and you saw right, potential right, right. and an opening was happening. Right. And so at least with Javante, you knew what to do with him as soon as he got hurt. Gabe Davis, you had to well, stick with him on yeah, the roster I mean, you know, all but, year and take still, their lumps. Well, same thing with Pitts. I, I think that we approach Trey Lance appropriately personally because I, I think if you look at the the two and a half games that he played as a rookie, and you saw his rushing potential. I mean, you saw he could be a thousand yard rusher. And I think as we say, even as Trey Lance kept moving up the draft board, we always told people don't let him be the only quarterback you take. Um, it's true, you know. So like, I was lucky. I paired him. There with was Matt, talk. Of I paired him with Matthew Stafford Le- in a league, and that worked out beautifully. You know. So <laughs> <laughs> the, there were people that took Trey Lance and Justin Fields, and they might have cut Fields by like week three or week four, and found another quarterback off the scrap heap. But there, there's a lot of that where people took Russell Wilson and Trey Lance. Yeah, but uh, you know, maybe, that's a, maybe that's a lesson that we should talk about. What's the lesson with Russell Wilson? No, well, I mean, just with quarterbacks that aren't the top two tiers of the position. Well, I mean, look, we've had, and we're about to have it again, you know, with most likely Aaron Rodgers, you know, maybe Brady going to a new team. Uh, but, but Brady was a pretty good example of a guy okay. going to a new team and uncertainty about what was happening when he was leaving. Mm-hmm. You know, so Russell, we, we, we know he wanted out for the last couple of years. And when he got out, it was like, okay, now maybe he'll cook and he'll be Mr. Unlimited and all these things that we were kind of hoping for. And in some ways, he got that opportunity and failed. And in other ways, the system or, or whatever, you know, coach let him down or he just wasn't the, the same guy. Brady, clearly, when he went to Tampa Bay, it was, hello, he's, you know, mm-hmm. right. 2007 version of Tom Brady. Right, right, right. Because you know, he was Which throwing all over the place and success. So, you know, that's, that's an, uh, another lesson to apply to, you know, which, which, which side of the, 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 the quarterback equation will these guys moving on be? You know, Lamar's still in his prime, so if he leaves Baltimore, you know, you still got to be excited about it because of what his skill set could do. Rodgers, for example, 37-year-old guy going to a new team. It's not like he's going with with the Bruce Arians, you know. He's going with maybe Nathaniel Hackett oh, again. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, but that was good for him. Speaking of quarterbacks who will be in new systems this year, Ian Rapport reporting that uh, Kellen Moore is expected to become the Chargers' offensive coordinator. There we go. That was quick. 
Nice. Maybe that's why you wanted out. Uh, it didn't ah. seem. It seemed like the Cowboys wanted him out. Well, but it makes it real. If he that that does make sense though, because they've got a defensive head coach. If he wants to go somewhere where he's the guy running yeah. the offense and doesn't have right. McCarthy or Jerry Jones putting their input in, um, makes well, it's also. Sense. I mean, if there's ever a, a, a lame duck potential and a yep. coach on the hot seat, it's Brandon Staley before they kick off Week One. True, that's true. Yeah, but you know, for um, for the Cowboys, uh, we can sit here and act like they did a disservice to their offense. They were when Dak Prescott came back, and they were. Maybe the highest scoring team in football. I don't know if they ended up. I think they may have been from the moment well, the all-time Dak, greatest teams in the NFL. Yeah, they, from the moment that came back till the end of the regular season, they were uh, they slumped a little bit at the very end. But remember, they were phenomenal, and they had Zeke and Tony Pollard, so they were running the ball more than they usually did. Like they usually weren't getting Pollard this involved in previous seasons. So I just want to point that out. I mean, it's not like it's not like they tanked their offense uh, by having McCarthy intervene or something like that. They had a terrific There's, offense this year. Keith, you know, if you take Cooper Rush's games. When the defense was healthy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you take that over an 18-game season, 17 games, you may look back and say it's one of the greatest teams of all time. Would you? Because that's just not true at all. I mean, that's just like a terrible example. <laughs> well, their defense was awesome. <laughs> well, I, th- they I were think a good you team. could definitely make the case for the NFC East being the greatest division of all time. Yeah, that no. is true. No. That is true. Yeah. Three playoff teams. At least top 10 among Are the Are you going to make me root for the freaking Eagles? Is that what's going to happen here? That I'm going to have to I think root you're for already, you mean? I think you already I am not been. rooting for the you Eagles. Are. I, you I clearly can, are. I can assure you I am not rooting for the Eagles. Are you kidding me? Oh, I'm going to send you the lyrics you to fly Eagles, Eagles fly. Fan. I've called you know how many teams I've done that with. I've been a Vikings fan, I've been a Jaguars fan, I've been an Eagles fan. Like that's that's doesn't prove anything, Eve. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. We uh, we're done for today. Wednesday we have another show. Fly eagles fly uh, on the road to victory. You gotta learn this, Adam. Adam, Adam will make a case for the seventy-two Dolphins being worse than the uh, Eagles. Uh, look, there are a lot of football teams, man. This is Super Bowl fifty-seven. They may not be one of the ten best teams ever. They're they're still like, terrific and. Uh, I, you know what? My biggest point about this whole argument would be this. Preseason perception would influence postseason perception. Uh, but then a lot of people have the Eagles in the playoffs and winning the yeah, division. Yeah, but they weren't viewed going in. Like if the Chiefs had had the Eagles kind of season, like if the Chiefs had been as dominant as the Eagles were, the Chiefs were terrific, then they could go down as the greatest team, one of the greatest teams. But the Eagles, you can't do it. If you're not, it's like it's like a college basketball team that was unranked to start the season and has like a terrific year, wins a national championship. If they had been Kentucky and they'd been ranked third overall, they would have gotten uh, a, a higher place in history than this random team that wasn't ranked. That's my point. Um, you know, because we didn't expect the Eagles to be this good this soon, they could be overlooked in in the in the book of hist- in history books of the NFL. Okay. <laughs> that's it for me alright wacky show Can't for me for YouTube comments sorry yeah yeah. Uh, you know people don't agree but at the end of the day I'll, they'll, they'll be like you were right Adam so I look forward to that in a few years for Dave and Jamie and Heath and Thomas I'm Adam we'll talk to you Wednesday what are you subbing A-I-Z-E-R-R Azer <laughs> you are bye everyone I had to make it work somehow Azer <laughs>